Douching him as brother meerkat today. Do you know what? I just, well, I just let's give him a love offering. Let's give him a big round of applause. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Let's pray for you, mate. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for for Brother Lee, Lord. Lord, we thank you for his precious life. Lord, his life is a walking testimony, Lord, Lord, and we just praise you for that, Lord. Lord, we praise you for his family, Father God. Yeah, and just what what you have for him, Lord, within this church. We give you thanks for that, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the anointing that's on him today to bring your word. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, just bless him. Yeah, and just prepare our hearts, Lord, Lord, to what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. 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 Good morning. Good morning. This is a bit weird. I, I don't know where to put my hands at the moment. I, I feel like I need a lectern or something. Um, you know, I saw Phil, he was here a couple of weeks ago, and he was walking through the middle with his Bible, and I thought, oh, this is fantastic. And then in the same breath, I was thinking, I'm never doing that. I'm, I'm definitely going to be rooted to the spot with my notes in front of me, because that's just how I operate. Um, aren't the testimonies amazing? Just incredible. God is just doing so much. And it's great that we give a space for that. It's part of our worship. Every time we're hearing what God is doing in our lives, it's, it's got to be an encouragement to you. And if you're facing something similar, take what's been said on board. Take it for yourself, because if God's doing it, he'll do the same thing again. So hold on to these things. Sam, do I need to do something? Is this me? No, Is it you? Me. Okay, as long as it's you and not me, that's all right. <laughs> all right, I just need to look at the time. It's... 10 to 12, okay? So this is what time I'm starting. So when we go past quarter past, don't be looking at the clock, all right? That's just, I need to get that in there quickly. Um, a few weeks ago, Dave preached on changing the way we think. And he preached that at the school. I don't know if you remember that. It seems a long time now since we were at the school, right? It seems like we've been here and we're kind of getting settled here. Um, and I don't want to repeat what Dave has already said, but I have been thinking a lot about our thinking. And I can only share what I'm thinking about. Uh, There's a little bit of a mouthful to get out, to start out with. Um, Joel, what's this doing? It says it's loading. And it's giving me Candy Crush Soda Saga. <laughs> oh, bubbly. Now I know why Phil uses paper. It's <laughs> Where are your notes? <laughs> There we go, we've got it back now. I hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> Technical hitch. Okay, um, so I've been stuck on this, just how we think and how important our thinking is. And I want to talk with you specifically today about the renewed mind, about having our minds renewed. Um, Sometimes when we talk about our minds, when we talk about our thoughts, when we talk about our thinking, as Christians we can take a defensive posture or a defensive position. Um, many of you have probably heard of or read uh, The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. Heard of that? A lot of you, I'm sure, have. It's probably one of the best-selling Christian books around. But it talks about all this uh, defending the way you think. So it's about 
taking thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ. It's about the helmet of salvation. It's about protecting the way that we think. And it's, it's a defensive outlook. And, and that's what the scripture says. And it's good to be defensive in our thinking. But it's only half the picture when it comes to our thinking. And I, I wonder as Christians sometimes if we can put a real emphasis on defending the way that we think. Um, one of my favourite scenes from a film ever is the Helm's Deep scene in The Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. This is my geek fix. You've got to let me have this, okay? Um, but in this scene, there's Aragorn, who's the rightful king, and he says, you know what, we need to go out and attack the enemy that's coming at us. And this other king says, no, 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 we need to go and defend. And so he takes all the people into this small little keep, into this little castle, and they're on the walls, and all they're doing is waiting for an attack to come. And so they're there in a defensive position, just waiting for an attack. And so when the attack comes, they're defending, they're defending, they're defending, but in the end, the enemy breaks through the walls. And I was thinking, I think that's what happens to us if we live a defensive outlook constantly. Because you get tired of defending, 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 and you can get worn down. There's a time to defend, but there's also a time to go on the offensive. There's a time to advance. There's a time to move forward. And that's what the renewed mind is all about. Um, if you've got your Bibles, jump into Romans 12 with me. And I'm just going to pull out one scripture here, and um, we'll use this as our camp this morning. So Romans 12, I'm hitting everything up here. I mean, I'm hitting absolutely everything. Okay, Romans 12, verse 2, and I'm reading from the NIV. Let's look at what it says here. It says here, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Can you guys see that up there? Okay, great. This is my focus in the renewed mind. And I want to look at three things with you this morning. What is the renewed mind? Why do we need to have our minds renewed? And then how do we have our minds renewed? Let's start out with the first question. What is the renewed mind? Uh, the word renew in this passage is the same Greek as the word to renovate. And to renovate means to modernise, to redecorate, to refurbish, to revamp, to make over, to recondition, to redevelop, to rebuild, to reconstruct, to remodel, to update or to improve. The best picture we have of renovation is when we think of a house, right? If you move into a house and you go in there, you, you uh, buy the house, it belongs to you, but you go in and it's got 1970s puke-coloured wallpaper, and you go in and say, this won't do, and so you give it a nice shade of elephant breath, which is this colour, by the way, if you want to know what it is. Um, if you want to know what an elephant's breath looks like, it's something like this. <laughs> but you go in, don't you, and you, re you redo everything, you change things up. You, you maybe do some painting, you knock some walls down, you bring in new furniture, and you say that you've renovated your place. You've taken what already exists and you've changed it to your liking. That's what God wants to do with your minds. He wants to take your mind and modernise, redecorate, refurbish, revamp, make over, recondition, redevelop, rebuild, reconstruct, remodel, update and improve. He wants to make your mindset to his liking. You know, the moment you got saved, 
It says that the Spirit of God came into you and you became a new creation. You became a new creature. You are changed completely on the inside. But do you know what you didn't get? You didn't get a new brain. You might have noticed that if you weren't smart before you got saved, you still weren't smart after you got saved. (laughs) You might say, well, if God wants to change the way I think, why didn't he just renovate my mind? Why didn't he just make me a new build? Fully furnished, just thinking the way he wants me to think. Why didn't God do that? And the answer to that question is because he loves you. And you think, oh, that's a terrible answer. Just renew my mind, Lord. Just do the thing that you want to do. But he can't. You see, in Romans 12.1, it says that we are to give ourselves to him. We are to offer ourselves to him. There's something about our participation, about our agreement, about our effort. It says, let the spirit renew your mind. There's something about we having to say yes that blesses God's heart. So he won't just do it. He wants to do a DIY SOS on your brain. But you have to let him. You have to come into agreement with him. So what does he want us to think? If he wants to renew our minds, what exactly does he want us to think? The answer is this. God wants you to think like him. That's what God wants. It says in this verse in Romans 12 that when our minds are renewed, we will know the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. Um, I think what we may have done is we take this verse and think, if I give myself to you, you'll show me what you want me to do. And that's part of it. I'm all for us having a, a calling, a gifting, a plan, a purpose, a destiny. But that's not the full picture here. We all have destiny. We all have purpose. But this is saying more than that. If we are to test and approve what God's will is, we need to see things from God's perspective. The renewed mind sees what God sees as good, pleasing and perfect. The renewed mind sees from the kingdom rather than from the world. It sees things from faith rather than fear. It sees things from heaven looking to earth. You might say, Lee, I'm not sure you can get all of that out of that one verse. Let me give you another one. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. This is what it says. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It starts with the mind. It says, let the spirit renew your thoughts, which has an impact on your attitudes, which has an impact on how you live. And how do you live? Like God, righteous and holy. And how can you live like God if you don't see things the way God sees them? It starts with your mindset. It starts with seeing things the way God sees them. It's thinking like God. You might go, hang on a second, Lee. This is a little bit of blasphemy almost. I'm not quite sure about this thinking the same way as God. James came last week and he gave that great word to us last week. It was wonderful to have him. And he, he quoted that scripture out of Isaiah 55. You know, his, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And in the context of what he was saying, he was bang on right because of what he was doing was not what the people expected. He was showing love and grace. And it was basically saying he does things in a way we wouldn't agree with or we wouldn't do it ourselves. But we quote this scripture as applicable to us today, as in, you know, we can't know God's ways and we can't know his thoughts because they're just higher than ours. That was true in the old covenant. It's not true anymore. I'll tell you, I'll show you that because I know I'm going to have to back this one up in scripture. 
1 Corinthians 2.11. You can come there if you want. I'm just going to go quickly through this now. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. If that's not enough, just go down five verses with me. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. We can know his thoughts. We can know his ways because we can have the mind of Christ. Do you know what we need to do, church? We need to lose our minds. Because if we lose our minds, it means we can have his. And we can see things from his perspective. I know that this might be messing some of you up. And I know even sometimes we don't even like to let the Bible get in the way of what we believe. But this is the truth. We can have our minds renewed to see things from God's perspective, which positions us to live how God wants us to live. Am I saying to you that you have to have a lot of right thoughts coming in and a lot of information that's going to change the way you live? I'm not saying that. Do you know the word mind, what it means in the Greek? It it literally means that it's your intellect. It means that it's your reasoning. And in the West, I think we have this thing where we like to be intellectual. And maybe that's the Greek influence over the centuries. It's almost this thing that knowledge is is power or enlightenment. And the more that we know, the better we're going to be. But that's not the case for the Christian. It's completely different. Do you know what the point of every sermon The point of every time you read your Bible is not to get information from out here into you. The point of every sermon, the point of reading your Bible is to get what's already inside of you out. It's a complete 180. Completely different. If the scripture says we already have everything we need for life and godliness, what we need to do is line up our thinking with what we already have so that's what we release. Your mind is like a conduit between your nature and your experience. And what you think about would determine what reality you live in. Whether the world's going to influence you from out here, or God's going to influence you from in here. God wants us to see from his perspective. That's what the renewed mind is. And it position, sorry, positions us to release what God has placed in us and live how he wants us to live. So that's what the renewed mind is. The question that follows is, well, why do I need to have my mind renewed? The answer is really simple. To the degree we have our minds renewed is to the, de- sorry, to the degree we see things from God's perspective and experience the life he wants to offer us. I mentioned earlier that we've got a, a choice in this. We can call it whether we want to have our minds renewed or not. It's up to us. And you might say, well, it does it matter if I have my mind renewed or not? You know, there's consequences of not having our minds renewed. Matthew 16, um, from verse 21 on, you don't have to come, but you can reference it if you want to keep a note of the scriptures. And it's, uh, Peter, it's after this time where Peter gets the revelation of who Christ is. He's, uh, Jesus is with his disciples at Caesarea Philippi, and he, and he says to them, who do men say that I am? And so they say, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. And then Jesus asks them a direct question, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter gets this amazing revelation of who Christ is. And the very next conversation they have 
is where Jesus is saying to the disciples, listen guys, I've got to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die on the cross. He, said, he tells them plainly what's got to happen to him. And Jesus, because, sorry, Peter now, because he's the, the man who gets the revelation, he pulls Jesus to one side. He's like, listen, God shows me stuff. So let me just tell you, Jesus, all of these things, they're not going to happen to you, okay? You don't have to worry. I hear from God. Just listen to me. Go with me and everything's going to be okay. And what does Jesus say to him in Matthew 16, 23? Get behind me, Satan. You are seeing things from a human perspective, not God's. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. This is what Bill Johnson says on this verse. He says, humanity without Christ at the centre is demonic in nature. Humanity without Christ at the centre is demonic in nature. If we don't see things from God's perspective, we see it from the world's perspective, which is under the influence of the devil. That's what it says. That's why in Romans 12 it says, do not think like the world. Do not conform to the patterns. Don't follow the way it does things and the way it acts and the way it thinks. Why? Because it's all under the influence of the enemy. And we can only see from one of two perspectives. You're only going to see from the world's perspective or from God's perspective. We have to choose which one we want. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, get behind me, Peter. See, God will never condemn you. You need to know there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. He never condemns us, and that includes your thinking. But let me tell you that the unrenewed mind is directly opposed to what God thinks. His plans, his purposes, his ways, and his will. And if we don't get our mind renewed, we will never know his plans, purposes, ways, or will. The unrenewed mind cannot see from God's perspective. I think there's a verse, I think it's in 1 Peter, and it says that we are foreigners here on earth. And if we're foreigners here on earth, it, it means that we're meant to be governed by another kingdom. And we're meant to think in line with the other kingdom. Basically, you know what I want to do? My desire is that I will live on earth as a foreigner, so when I arrive at heaven, I'm home. I don't want to live on earth as if it's home and arrive in heaven as a foreigner. If we're going to live in his kingdom, we need to know his ways and we need to start now. That's why we need to have our minds renewed. So the last part I'm going to come into and just a few points here is how are our minds renewed? We know what the renewed mind is and we know how important it is that our minds are renewed, but how can it happen? I mentioned that uh, passage earlier from Ephesians 4, 23 and 24, where it says the Holy Spirit renews our thoughts and our attitudes. When our mind agrees with the Holy Spirit, the result is life. The result is the kingdom. He's always promoting righteousness in you. He's always promoting holiness in you. He's always promoting love in you. But we have to line up with what he's saying to us. We have to embrace the Holy Spirit daily. Our, our prayer should be, Lord, you are in me. Show me how to live. Renew my thoughts to line up with this new nature you've put inside of me. I'm sure uh, many of you have been abroad to a foreign country. And when you go and get on the plane and you come to the other side, you, you have to make adjustments. You have to think in line with your new environment. You might find that it's a different temperature, different culture, different people, different language, different food. They drive on the wrong side of the road. All of these things you have to deal with when you turn up in another place. So what do you need to do? You need to think 
in line with this new environment. You need to embrace the environment you're in to get the most experience out of it. It's the same for us as Christians, but it's not an external environment, it's an internal environment. See, the Holy Spirit is in us and he has a culture, he has a way of doing things. He does things that in a way that only he knows and we can come into line with that, with our thinking. We have to line up with the Spirit of God inside of us. He wants to produce fruit in our lives and it comes as our thinking lines up with his. In Galatians 6, it talks about there's a battle all the time, that you can always follow the flesh and you can choose to follow the Spirit. And every time you choose to follow the Spirit, you produce fruit. Every time we can choose it. And the more we respond to the Holy Spirit, the more our minds are renewed, the more fruit we see produced. God cares about your thinking. I reckon that's part of the reason he's brought us here as a church. <coughs> see, when we started out as Hope, we are in this nice, bright, shiny school. And now you're in a sardine can. <laughs> but you see, in, in the school, you didn't have to have your minds renewed. You didn't have to be selfless. You didn't have to be patient. You don't have to have self-control. Here you do. Here, you've got to be selfless. You've got to put other people first. You're going to worship and smack into people and, and do all of these things because of the space doesn't allow it. But God cares more about our minds being renewed than he does about our comfort. Do you know that? Holy Spirit wants to renew our minds. How else does God renew our minds? God wants to renew our minds through his word. Come over with me to Matthew 6. If you can just bring up that, Andrew. Matthew 6 from uh, verse 25. Um, this is the passage where Jesus tells his disciples, don't worry about life. He says to them, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about anything that you need because you don't need to worry. I think as Christians, we have all the right answers. We know all the right things to say. It's like, I'm just trusting God, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be bold. I, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to live by faith. And we can say the right time, sorry, we can say the right things, and really the whole time we're freaking out, living in fear, being timid, and trusting our bank accounts. Is that true? But Jesus doesn't say to his disciples, he doesn't just say to them, do not worry. What does he do? He says, consider the birds of the air. He says, think. You know, if you go to Israel, you can go, you see some trees and you think there's like, whoa, so many branches. And you go up and there's like thousands of sparrows. And so he says to them, look at the birds. Do they go without food and water? So he says to his disciples, think, this is what God's like. He provides for them the same way he's going to provide for you. And then he grabs a flower and he says, look at this flower. Is Solomon in all his glory dressed as beautifully as one of these? He takes his flower and says, it's so carefully, so intricately, so beautifully made. And it's the same God who has made you and has a plan for you. He tells them to think. He says to them, this is who God is and this is what God is like. This is why you don't have to worry. Let the truth get into you. Renew your minds and you won't worry about anything. You know, we can have the right answers without having our minds renewed. Um, I told you some school stories, they're normally not very good. I'm going to give you another one now. Um, in maths at school, it was my worst subject, I, I was terrible at maths. You have the top class, you have the middle class, and you have the dummies. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't thick, but I, when it comes to maths, I wasn't, I wasn't great. So I was in the bottom class of maths, but I was, I was smart. 
So I sat next to the smartest dummy in the maths class. <laughs> and so whenever he wrote an answer down, I got the right answer by default. Why? Because I just copied exactly what he had said. So I'm sitting there and I'm doing okay in this class. I think I might get bumped up to the next level here. <laughs> Do you like that one? Good one. And so I'm, I'm doing okay, and then one day I'm sitting there, and I give the teacher the answer, and do you know what he says to me? He says, tell me your workings out. <laughs> How did you arrive at that conclusion? I'm like, I, know, I just know the answer. I just, I, just, I just know the right answer to this question. It just came to me like, boom, it was like a flash of lightning, and I've got the right answer for you. But how many of us do that? See, we see other people write the answer, and we go, like, oh, that's what it is to live by faith. And... We say the right things, but we've not actually gone through the process to arrive at it ourselves. <coughs> when we start with who God is and what he has done, when we think on these things, our minds are renewed, and what follows will be faith, boldness, and trust. You have to get the truth of who he is and what he has done into you. I don't care if it comes through sermons, through reading a book, through audio, however it comes, but you've got to think on these things because it will change you. In Colossians 3.10, it says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. And it goes on to say, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. The more you know Christ and what he has done for you, the more you know your position, the more your minds will be renewed. Do you believe that? I know a load of people that have lived under a lie when it comes to their identity and knowing who, what Christ has done for them, knowing who they are in Christ, knowing how God is towards them. I know loads of people that have, that have lived under lies and I know a few people that have got into the truth of who they are and it's, it's radically changed their lives. Radically changed their lives. My question is, is a lie stopping your mind from being renewed? Because it doesn't have to be that way. Um, in Ephesians 6, you know you have that picture of the armour of God. Helmet of salvation and so on. And it says that we have the shield of faith. And the shield of faith is to stop what? To stop the fiery darts of the enemy coming at us. And we have the sword of the spirit so that we can go and we can attack. And we, you know, we have this picture when it comes to warfare and we love it. But let me ever ask you, have you ever put your shield down for a minute? Have you ever been hit by an arrow? What happens when you're hit by an arrow? I mean, I reckon if we could see in the spirit, I would see arrows sticking out of heads everywhere in this room, inclu including my own. And so we have this picture that we've got to have the shield of faith up, but all of us at some point have dropped our shields and a lie has got in. So what are you supposed to do when the lie gets in? Just walk around with an arrow sticking out of your head? I heard this, and I can't take credit for this, but it's such a wonderful point, I've got to bring it, that... According to historians, the Roman soldiers wouldn't have had like an Excalibur-type sword, but it would have been a small sword, almost like a dagger. And so it was used for up-close combat. But do you know what else the sword was used for? It was used for extracting arrows. So if the Roman soldiers got hit by an arrow, they would use the dagger, dig it in, and dig the arrow out. Listen to this. It means that the sword of the Spirit is not just to fight with, but you use it to minister to yourself when you're hit with an arrow. Can I suggest when the lies come, the way to get your mind renewed is to get into the word of God and minister it to yourself like a dagger digging out arrows. This is who I am in Christ. This is what you're like towards me, God. And all of these truths will change the way you think. The word of God renews our minds. I've got one more point. Can you give me five minutes, Grace?
God renews our minds by revealing to us his nature. God loves you so much that he, he wants to show you what he's like. And when he shows you what he's like, it's so that your mind can be renewed, so that you can live in the way that you trust who he is. Let me give you an example. The children of Israel, they, they come out of Egypt. God delivers them, brings them out, takes them across the Red Sea, and they have nothing. And so they complain and grumble that they haven't got anything to, to eat, and God provides manna. And if you go to Exodus chapter 16 to 18, they complain three times in three chapters about having no food and drink. And every time, God comes through for them. But every time, they grumble and complain to Moses that they haven't got anything. The whole time, you never see Moses grumbling or complaining to God. He's grumbling and complaining about them, but never complaining to God. And I'll tell you why. This is the last verse we're looking at. Psalm 103 verse 7 says this. He, talking about God, made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. See, the, the Israelites had a need. They, they needed food or drink. And so what they did was they cried out to God. This is what we need. And God comes through for them. And they're like, oh, we're happy now. But when they come to the same position of lack, they freak out again. And they say, God, we haven't got anything and we need you to come through. They start complaining. They go, through, they go around the mountain again and again and again. Moses took the provision of God when he first provided and worked out, this is who God is. And this is, these are his ways. His nature is to provide for us. So the next time they had lack, they knew that, he knew that God would come through for them. It's the reason that Moses was consistent and the children of Israel are all over the place. Moses took what God did and his mind was renewed to know that this is what God is like. The children of Israel, they saw it as an act, an isolated event. And so when they came back to the same situation, they freaked out like before. Every time that you see God come through for you, it's not just an act. It's him revealing his nature to you. And when you know his nature, your minds can be renewed because you know what he's like. Uh, let me ask you a question. Has anyone ever had a need, like, I don't know, a financial need or a need for a job? Or, we've heard that today already. Um, a need for anything. You know, you've had a need and you've seen God come through for you. Anyone had anything like that? See, there's a lot of hands. Anyone had that same experience come around again afterwards? Anyone freak out the same as they did the first time? <laughs> See, I've been there too. But the whole point of seeing his acts is that we know his ways. And when we know his ways, when we know what he's like, we don't, we don't freak out because we know that God will come through for us. Do you know, if we see things like the children of Israel, every time we'll act, we'll freak out. The danger is that we can become theoretical believers and practical atheists. That we know that God can come through for us, but every time uh, there's a financial crash in the world, we respond exactly the same way as the world. That's the danger. You know, um, I'll just tell you one last story and close this up. But when Amanda first came over, I mean, we were on a real tight budget, and you know, we had like £15 a week to spend at Iceland. And everything's a pound at Iceland, so you guarantee we had 15 things coming back with us every week from shopping. <laughs> and, but we, we got into this place where, um, where everything, it was, it was so tight. And, and we just we were saying, God, you know, we haven't got anything and we need you to come through for us. 
And we opened the door one morning, and there was an envelope on the, on the, uh, on the doormat, and it, and it covered all of our needs. And I was like, God, this is incredible. And about three months later, we came into the same situation again. And I freaked out exactly the same like we did first time around. And God came through for us again. And then I started to learn. I started to work things out. My lightning quick mind got on it. <laughs> These are not just acts of God. This is who he is. This is his nature. So my mind started to get renewed to that actually this is who God is and he will always provide for us, whatever it is. And so we're sitting there about six months ago and we have four pounds in our account and we needed to get key and formula that cost ten pounds. And so I'm, we're sitting there and we're like, what should we do? You know, and we weren't freaking out this time. We're like, all right, what can we do? Do, you know, do we go to a food bank? Do we ask to borrow money? And what we did was we started to look back at all the times God had come through for us. We started just to recount the stories. Oh, man, do you remember that? Do you remember that? And we thought, no, that's who he is. Let's hold on. The very next day, we were given £200 and a, and a case full of shopping. That's good. I could have gone to the food bank. I, I could have asked somebody for money. That's, see, God still loves me if I do that. It doesn't change anything, but you know what? I would have missed out on the blessing of having my mind renewed and knowing what God is like. If you are facing something now, recount what God has done before. Hold on to that because it's not just an act. It's his actual nature. And when you know his nature, when you know his ways, your mind will be renewed. So God wants to renew your mind. And if we're going to live the fullest experience here, we need to have our minds renewed. The question that we'll end with is... Um, are we going to let him? Are we going to let him? God bless you guys. Bless you, mate. Thank you very much, Lee. That's fantastic. Can I welcome the worship team back up? Yeah, we'll have, we'll have one more, please. And can I ask that we send the basket round, please? Um, if you've come prepared to give, please give. If you haven't, don't. And please stay, stay around for teas and coffees. Have a blessed week. Thank you very much. Should we stand, everyone?
Thou art exalted far above all gods. Thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all So 
Lord for this space. We thank you for this time Lord. Have a great week everyone. Amen. Amen. Amen.